Welcome back and happy Thursday. Okay, guys, so I wanted to say to everyone, as you guys know, I've been telling you, I'm going to tell you again, we are going live um, while we're in London, of course, to share with all of the members only, and I'm going to be doing a lot of pre-records, but we are also meeting up, doing like this kind of, it's a very casual, people keep messaging me, this is the, the thing. Somebody put it together and they spelled Thursday wrong. But it's fine. I don't have the other one. I just wanted to share it with you guys. It's thirds day. So that's fine. December 14th, seven to nine at all bar one. So we're asking you guys to please RSVP to ASST at upandatomlive.com. So you guys can come meet up, hang out with me, my friends and my family. It's so casual. It's not a show. We're not putting on something live. I just want to meet everyone that I wouldn't have necessarily had the chance to meet in the United States. And that's it. But with that, I want you guys to go ahead and rate this week's episode 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. And I also have a great friend with me today. Her name is Kiki from the Talk of Shame. She has an amazing show, an amazing podcast, an amazing social media it's just wild what she does. And the one thing that I love about her is anytime I show up to a party, she is always there. So if I don't get to see her, if we don't get to meet up, I just can count on her for a good party. Let's welcome Kiki. Hi. Hi. I've gone to more parties, I think, since I've moved to LA than I have in my entire life, to be honest. <laughs> You're always there. <laughs> I am. Oh. I'm surprised. I was surprised that I didn't see you at the DirecTV Kathy Hilton party. So I went to the variety party the next day. Uh, the, you know, they were doing like the 40 most powerful women in reality TV. So I went to that the next day, um, which was super oh, was fun. Oh, in there? Uh, I didn't see Kim. I mean, everyone was there. It was like so packed full of everyone. Um, it was like, yeah, it was like so packed. And then last night went to the Jeff Lewis premiere party for Hollywood Housewife, which was super fun too. Oh my God, you don't stop. I mean, this is like, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, who knew? I mean, I guess that's what LA is about, but you know. I, you know I, what's I, so funny is yeah. when I lived in LA and guys, we'll get to it. Don't worry. But <laughs> when I lived in LA, just story time for you. I was in West Hollywood and I was working for Lisa Vanderpump for however, I think like four or five years. And I felt like the determining factor that made my channel so successful um, was taking myself out of it, was just kind of not being in the mix of it anymore and being able to come over here. And I've had like some creators say like, I live in a swamp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like if that's what this is called, then I will take it. But I, I just, I felt like by being removed from it, it made me able to kind of focus on the content and also, I guess, my relationship and my family life. I don't know. I, I guess I'm a 30-year-old grown-ass, like, old bitch. <laughs> That's where I'm at. No, and I think, you know, it's like I love going to these parties, but I will say that I still very much, like, every once in a while I'll take pictures with, like, certain people, but I really do try to keep, like, a journalist perspective and not trying to become too friendly with you know, like reality stars, because 
I then have to talk about them and I don't want them to think that I'm like a bitch or something, but like, I'm always going to keep it real. And it's like, you know, um, I think most reality stars who have, who understand their role, like, you know, and they're, they don't mind, but I just try to still keep my distance for, you know, that reason. You know, what's so wild is I am kind of like in that, that, weird area that gray area of like now i've made friends with so many and now i've just sort of given a disclaimer where i'm like i have to talk about you (laughs) like you're not safe so i just want to let you know like i can't be biased because then i will receive shit i had somebody i had a housewife who sent me a whole full page like it was a comment thing and I bet you it was probably about 13 lines. So it was more than a paragraph. Yeah. And it was like, Adam and Jason are bigots and they favor this person and this person and that they are this way. And I'm like, and it was all based off of a live that I did on Monday. And I'm like, interpretation is so interesting to me because none of that came out of my mouth. <laughs> That's not what we said. Yeah. And also like, it's it's just funny because you have to I, I get where you're coming from, you know, like I think that you lean more. I think that you're super friendly with the talent, but you also really lean into um, the creator side and yeah. you make friends with a lot of the creators. And I think that the difference with me is I'm so open yeah. to the talent. And then I've been I feel like personally and this yeah. has nothing to do with you. I feel like I just have been in many situations where I don't necessarily feel comfortable with as many creators. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of picky and choosy. Is it picky and choosy? Picking and choosing? Yeah, pick, picky, picky, one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm picky and choosy with who I lean into as like a creator community. Yeah. And that, it, it it's just different. We're like total opposite. But when I met you and I just saw that your, your give a damn was broken as far as like, I am not trying to impress you. I am not here for you. I am just here for myself and for my job. I was like, Oh my God, she's amazing. Love her. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, it is a, it is a fine line and it is a, like a balance you have to play. Cause yeah, it's like, it is crazy, but um, but honestly, honestly, if reality stars should be happy that you're talking about them, because once you've made yourself so relevant that like people want to hear. So it's like they shouldn't actually get mad. That's that's yeah. the, that's the goal is like get to the place where like people are excited that you're talking about them, even if it's talking smack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. OK, so speaking of talking smack, Kiki, yes. I have to ask you one to ten, ten being the highest last night's episode. Where are we at? I don't, I have never laughed out loud, like just consecutively for several minutes straight as I have at that dinner party. Like, and I wasn't even high, but like, I, like, I kind of wish I had been because it was just (laughs) the funniest thing I've ever watched ever. I mean, some of it was just also just like, what is happening? Like Sutton, you are, you are out there. What are you talking about? Um, You know, I felt bad for Kyle. I really did. I really have leaned in and been like, I'm team Kyle this season. Sutton was throwing some low blows at her, but I mean, overall, it was just the one of the most entertaining dinner parties. Beverly Hills knows how to have an entertaining dinner party. Can I ask you really quick, between your variety party, your Jeff Lewis party, 
in your dinner party from hell part two watching extravaganza can you rate them oh my gosh in order okay i well i will say variety that's really hard they were all really really good parties they're all gonna be nine and above i'll say that so they're all okay yeah i mean like they were all really good parties and all for different reasons um i mean obviously i wasn't at the actual dinner party but i will just say like i've never laughed harder than watching that episode last night it was dorit is so funny this season i just like (laughs) she's not even trying to she's literally just talking (laughs) you know what okay we have to obviously get into this (laughs) wait (laughs) okay wait i just want to say Oh my God. I know that Brandy Glanville recently came out and she said that she feels like Denise had maybe one too many Casamigas and she had one too many something, right? It it was, I, I don't know what that was. I kept asking people like, is this, is this nerves and tequila? Like, did she go into the Casamigos Reposada a little hard because this was the first time she'd been back on camera and she went hard? Was it a combination of like, she didn't eat and then did the Reposado? Like I've been, look, I've been loopy. I would, this weekend, I was like out of my mind. I drank like seven martinis and I'm not going to lie. Like I woke up with hang anxiety the next day because I was like, what did I say? What did I do? It just felt a little different because I've never just seen so many contortions with the face. <laughs> like, and I also want to say at the Jeff Lewis party last night, when I got to the red carpet, I saw, you know, they have the little names of people who were coming on the red carpet. And I saw Denise Richards name lay in there. And I said, oh, my God, if this woman comes in this room tonight. Did she? I never saw her. I, I I looked all around, so I don't think she made it. And maybe it's because the episode had aired that day, you know, that same day. And maybe she said, I'm not going out tonight. Okay. So for her going out and her, you know, what's sad is like, I think that Brandy Glanville had the opportunity to be such an amazing housewife, especially because she was so unfiltered. Yeah. But I think that I have my naked pussy, by the way, she's just like, and my, Say hi. Um, she's just in my lap. But I think that with Denise, she took a page out of Brandy's book because Brandy has been very vocal about the fact that sometimes she lets her nerves get the best of her. And she was just like, I'm going to drink before I go out. And that was when we got the moments of, you know, her slapping Lisa Vanderpump, her telling Joyce Gerard, like, you can't swim. You're a black person, which is so just ridiculous. You yeah. cannot say that. Her telling, you know, why don't you go do some more cocaine in the bathroom, you bitch? And it's like, oh, my God, you can't say that. Like, yeah. there were so many moments from Brandy, but I think that she was always heavily just medicating herself in order to get through the scenes. Yeah. And then she came out and did an interview saying that like that made her feel at ease, but it made her feel at ease. But then you have to live with this for the rest of your life. I know that Aaron, Denise's husband somewhere is like ripping her for this. But why didn't Camille, you know, Camille came with her. Like, why didn't Camille like pull her to the side? Like, or maybe she tried or maybe she was just like, screw it. Like, this is this is what it's about. Like, we're going to make make camera history. Like, I don't know. I just felt like for sure. 
I mean, that's, you know, sometimes when your friend is is all over the edge, you can't do much. You can try to rein it in as best you can because I've been there too, where it's like, I just like, let's sit in the corner, let's hang out. And like, they don't want to, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for Denise though, Denise was like, Erica. <laughs> and Erica, I, I do have to say, Denise was on to something. Erica knew exactly what she was talking about. Well, that was the thing. I, I was like, why is everyone in the room playing dumb? Because I was like, obviously, Denise is talking about Lisa Renna. Like, we all know what happened. And so I was like, okay, Erica is doing this because the reality is I don't actually remember if Erica specifically was mean to Denise or if she was just lumped in because she was best friends with Lisa. And so the two got lumped together. But what was confusing was the whole time I'm like, why are you all playing dumb? She's obviously talking about Lisa. The next day when Denise was composed and met the ladies, um, you know, for brunch and like was obviously way put together and much different than she was at the dinner party. She brought up that it had to do with Erica talking about sex in front of her children at that. And so then I was like, well, this is a completely different issue that has nothing to do with being mean. See, I didn't believe that that's what it was actually about. I believe that she didn't want to. So Teddy Mellencamp did a podcast about me the other day. About and, you? Yeah. Oh. Or she mentioned me. Okay. okay. So the podcast might not have been, let me rephrase okay. this. The podcast was probably not intentionally about me. She decided to indirectly mention me. And I had a lot of people who sent me the clips and she didn't want to name me. But she named the situation of what happened while we were at BravoCon. And what I think from this is that she didn't specifically name me because she didn't want to give more attention to that or me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that what Denise did was she had time to process, time to kind of gather her thoughts. And she didn't want to give more attention to Brandy Glanville. Okay. Okay. So that's why she redirected this. You don't give a shit about a thruple. Your ex-husband is Charlie Sheen. Girl, shut up. <laughs> that is not true. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it was it was like I definitely felt like the table was like gaslighting Denise a bit because they could because they knew she was clearly inebriated. So they were trying to play this like, what are you talking about? Just spit it out. Cause they knew she couldn't, because <laughs> she could not spit it out literally. Um yeah. But like, then it was just like, then it was just pure humor at that point, because she literally was just walking around with her, her jacket upside down. When she was like, you know what I mean, Erica, you bitch. And I'm like, and Erica was just so just stoic and like. And probably stoned. Yeah. Yeah. And stoned. And yeah. she was like, I don't know what you mean, Denise. And I'm like. This is some fucking gaslighting bullshit. Like, this is, you're good. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it worked because for once, Erica was like, I am not going to look like the unhinged bitch. And I don't have to do much to make her look like one. All I have to do is pretend like I have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what she did. And then on top of that, you know, what was funny to me was as they went out and Denise was like, Kyle. Kyle, come walk with me. And they started walking out and the rate was like, babe, I think your I think your jacket's upside down. She's <laughs> like, don't fucking do that to me. Don't fucking do I know what you're doing. And it's like, 
no, she's actually telling you. Well, that was what was messed up because she, even though she was inebriated, she knew in that moment that Erica was gaslighting her, but acting like she didn't know. So then when Dorit was being legitimate about the jacket, she just felt like everyone at that point was trying to like mess with her. And so she wasn't going to like hear anything at that point. So she was going to stop around with that upside down jacket. (laughs) You know what? Indignantly. He reminded me of Macklemore in that where he walks around the Goodwill and he's doing that like um, wearing your grandma's coat or whatever. What is that song? I don't, I don't even know. know. Oh my God. It was the Macklemore. Fuck. Okay. So that was the song that it reminded me of. But for this particular situation, like Kyle, you can see she's like, I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. And then she's like, she's a bitch. And Sutton and all of them are looking like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. But also, I want to say this about Sutton. Girl, you are hypocrite at its finest. You are probably... (laughs) You literally, Lisa, villain, Rena, passed the baton and you took it. Because for you to sit there and say, I can't do this in Vegas over the Magic Mike show... And then light up a joint at the table inside of her old Smokey Robinson estate mansion. He will never emotionally fulfill you. <laughs> light up your freaking joint and then be like, you guys don't know everything about me. Okay. I'm not even convinced there was real weed in there because part of me is just like Sutton was so intent on like making people like believe she was cool again because she had such a meltdown at Magic Mike and there was just no explanation for that meltdown that she was like, the only way I'm going to be cool is if I smoke a doobie in the middle of this table and everyone will know I'm cool again. I would have started off by smoking a doobie. And that bitch, like, I would have been like, please, by all means, I would have asked the chef, like, instead of putting it inside of the pork chop, yeah, give me the joint. Yeah, I mean, at this point, and then for her to be like, I am the head of the ballet association of Beverly Hills, and I am, I don't know what the hell she is, but something special, important. She's like a dame, like, uh. I don't know what the hell she thinks she is. She's something. (laughs) But for her to sit there and like lead on with this, I am so holier than thou. And then all of a sudden, you know, like you can't be at a Magic Mike show, but you're ripping out a joint. (laughs) And then you're trying to get people to empathize with your designer situation. But then what I want to say is as the night moved on, This is the part that really peeved me because I like Sutton, but I thought that Sutton sounded like an asshole. And I think that that's okay to say. Yeah. I think that if you act like a Tamara judge and I got into a conversation, we had a whole conversation at BravoCon about this because I was talking about her on my channel. And I said, she sounded like an asshole. She said, you always make me sound like I'm an asshole. I said, if you don't like me making you sound like an asshole, then stop acting like an asshole. Right. Then she comes up to me at BravoCon and she said, hash this out and we did and it was a great conversation so maybe one day Sutton and I will be able to have the same conversation however if you are sitting there and you are going to go up to a woman as someone who has 11 brothers and sisters 
go up to a woman who is not necessarily in the best place with the only two siblings that she has and said, you already lost two sisters. Do you want to like lose a third? And you think that that's not directed at her as not only an insult, but that's a bullet. That's a bullet intended to just hit, hit where it hurts. You are trying to emotionally, mentally, everything physically rip this woman apart with that comment. You've seen the show, you know the show, you were at the reunion, you know how this affects her, and that's what you choose to say. You're gross. And also, how self-important have you made yourself where you think you're the third sister? Who, no, Kyle never, never called you a sister. I've never seen her call you sister on camera. So. Dorit, London, English, Connecticut, Paris, France, Grecian, Australian, South African, Mexican. Kimsley is the one who is the third sister? The one with the, the morally corrupt Faye Resnick, I would think, would be more of a third oh, sister. Oh, you're right. That is the third sister. Okay. Dorit is like the, Dorit's like the like. She's a stepsister. You're a step. Oh, girl, not a stepsister. <laughs> this is, you're this. You're the stepsister. You are the stepsister, girl. We are so sorry. That is where you're at. You are the stepsister. Sorry, Dorit. We love you. The morally corrupt Faye Resnick is yeah. the third sister. Yeah. And then Chris Jenner might actually be the fourth because really they're the closest. Mm -hmm. And they can all trust each other because they know that they're not gonna. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for Sutton, as far as like you go on a personal level, I'm from the South. I'm cut from a different cloth. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you are. If somebody said that to me, like, I just, it's so mean. It, it's one of those things that cuts so deep. And I am very leery of people who use my weaknesses against me because like, it, it just says everything I need to know about them. Like if we are close friends, you will never use like my vulnerabilities, my weaknesses as a way to get a one up on me. And once you do that, we can never have a, I can't trust you ever again. Cause it means I can't ever confide in you because all I think is you're banking my Intel as, as like ammo for later. And so I'll never trust you again. Yeah. I felt like for this, like, I mean, your sister, sisters, like, especially one, one has, a history of substance abuse. Can you say that? Yeah. Okay. She's admitted that. Right. So one has a history of substance abuse. And then the other one is like, I don't even know how to describe Kathy Hilton, but for you to use that. And then she's like, oh, well, you want to know what I know? You want to know what I said? You want me to put this out there? And she's like, yeah, put it out there. And she's like, I said, after I spoke out at BravoCon 2022 and I didn't take Kathy Hilton's side, she spoke out, like she messaged me and said really awful things. Yeah. Well, why are you saying that now? Look, I agree with Erica. Erica in her confessional was like right on. People are scared of Kathy Hilton because she holds the key to certain access. 
And well, you know, Erica puts it as like, I don't, you know, I'm an outsider. I don't care. And I'm like, well, you kind of pushed yourself out when you, you know, you kind of did some things last season and that's why you're on the out. So it is a lot easier to, you know, talk a big game because yeah, she's not letting you back in that circle. Um, So that's one. Two, here's what I've learned recently about sisters because I don't have like, you know, especially when there's a trio of sisters. So I have a friend who's a part of a trio of sisters and we were watching the Kardashians together, me and her. And it was when Kim and Courtney got into that big fight that went viral online because she's like, we have a group chat that's not Courtney, you know, that oh, oh, not the physical fight. No. Oh, no. The one this season where she was like, we have a, you know. And so I asked my friend because everyone was like, oh, my God, Kim is so mean. I asked my friend, I said, as someone who's part of a trio of sisters, is this like a normal way to fight with sisters? She's like, absolutely. She's like, it's not weird. And other people, you know, I made a video about it and people were commenting it. Like as vicious as like the Richard sisters are, like they're sisters. So they're allowed to be that vicious to each other. And it may not, it may be toxic. It may require some therapy, but like what I understand about trios of sisters is like, that's normal. You can't come in as an outsider and interject yourself and try to let, it's never going to work out for you. And it's not okay. You're not a part of that dynamic. You did not grow up. You don't know, you don't, you don't know anything. Um, So stay, stay out of it. Stay out of it. Yeah. And especially to sort of interject yourself when it was, I agree completely with Kyle. This was a comment that was designed to hurt. Yeah. It was a comment that was designed to cut to the bone. And you know, you found a weak spot. And as someone who has, I always believe that people come in your life for a reason, a season and a lifetime. And you never know what it is. But once people start cutting into your relationships, your business, your family, you look at them and you're like, you weren't my real friend. Like, I would never, ever trust her again. Ever. I would keep you surface. Yeah. I think that their relationship, it it will be what it needs to be for the show. They will never be close again, I don't think, at at least not anytime soon, especially while Kyle is going through this transition in her life of like wanting to be sober. And, you know, that may last for a while. It may last forever. We don't know. But until she gets to like the next level of wherever she wants to be, I just don't think Sutton is going to be allowed to be a part of that journey. Well, okay. So my next question for you is, Kyle meeting up with Amory Wiley, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's interesting because it seems like they're trying to like say that there's like a bit of a history sort of there, but like Ebony um, K. Williams, Leah McSweeney. Yeah. But like, it's clear that they've, you know, maybe they moved into the neighborhood together. So maybe that's, you know, like that was the connection. So they're obviously still getting to know each other. Um, you know, I'm not sure what I will think of the relationship. Honestly, it's like, it's Anne Marie isn't giving me enough like mm-hmm. right now, other yeah. than we know that she's going to be on Kyle's side. Okay, yeah. great. But like, other than that, if you're not giving me anything more than that, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Do you think, because obviously you're in the know and there's been a lot of rumors that Emery Wiley should potentially be taken off as a full-time housewife and demoted to a friend of based off of the allegations versus, like against her husband. Um, how do you feel? No, I mean, honestly, like it's, re- 
it's reality TV. I actually want to see that. Like, I want to see if, if, you know, if they have conflict, okay, then that's something we want to see. Burying conflict for the sake of, like, triggering people, I don't think is, like, actual reality TV. I mean, again, we've seen people go to prison multiple times on this show. Like, I don't think having that as a background situation is necessarily a bad thing. Now, whether he will want it to be is something entirely different. Maybe he will because it's a he will use it as a chance to like tell his side. But normally when it comes to these legal cases, it's not necessarily the case. But I mean, I don't know. You know what's so funny is when we were talking about the Real Housewives of Orange County, I had a message from Kelly Dodd. And one of her Patreons messaged her and said something to the effect that I was um, another version of a bigot. And it was because Jason and I talked about going on into this season. Amory Wiley's husband, who is a former NFL player, has been very vocal on a podcast about trans people being able to... Um, perform in certain sports right Mm -hmm. and i thought to me in my mind since bravo is such an lgbtqia plus positive platform i was really shocked at the fact that they were going to give a platform to a wife of someone who was going to speak out the way that he has and Mm -hmm. everyone has their opinions and that's that is what it is you know what i mean you can't take away from that and I didn't speak on it because I don't want to, I'm not an athlete. I, I you know, like I, I can have my own beliefs and all of the things. But like when I found out that he was specifically speaking on trans women, you know, performing in women's sports or trans men performing in men's sports, I was really shocked that Bravo was not trying to get ahead of that being like, no, no. No, 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 no. It's such a like it's such a fine line, right? Because you don't want to give platforms to people that are problematic. Right. You also don't want to live in an echo chamber. So like where is the line? Like how much do you allow so that there can be constructive conversations on that are happening in real life that people do want to see play out? versus like when it gets too far and like i think that's the i think that is probably just every production company's biggest struggle right now you know because they were there they have to placate to their audience and so who is their audience i think what bravo is also learning though is that their audience while it is you know bravo is this very lgbtqia plus friendly channel what we're learning from some of the favorite housewives is there's a slew of conservative people on this network that love the Ramona singers of the world that love Mm -hmm. the Kelly Dodds of the world. So to leave out them actually, you know, isn't going to serve Bravo either. So I, you know, it's, it's finding that balance. Oh my God. You should go into politics. (laughs) That was a politically correct answer. (laughs) I really enjoyed that. Wow. Have you been coached? I have not. I'm hungover. Oh. I'm actually the furthest thing from actually. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm better. I'm better when I'm lucid. When I'm lucid, I'm much better. You're like, I'm hungover. <laughs> I went to a party last. I want night. a bloody mary so bad. 
Okay, wait. I can't get rid of this cat. She just keeps coming <laughs> oh, back. Oh, little baby. Okay. So as we move on, there's a lot happening in this episode, but we get to see Kim Richards. And she shows up. They go on a hike. And when she showed up, she was talking to her sister about, you know, like, life is too short. One, we learned that she is coloring on her walls. And I actually thought that she did some, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was interesting. You know? Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. But she went out with Kyle and Doree. Um, do you think that Kyle brought Kim in to film because of what Sutton said? Yes and no. Okay. I think that pe- I think that uh, Kyle has obviously a complicated relationship with her sisters. I think that she has a much closer relationship with Kim than she does with Kathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, she, you know, she wants to, you know, let the world know, yes, that like, yeah, we may be having troubles, but like they are still in my life. Um, I think it was a little bit to like, Cause yeah, it doesn't feel good when you, you know, the world thinks that like you're on the outs. Cause it's again, it's two against one. Kim and Kathy are always together clearly. So it, it looks like you're the problem child, right? When you're always the one on the outs. Right. So I think it was part that, but I also think that Kim wanted to do it for Kyle because I think that Kyle going through these troubles, I think she's probably opening up to Kim a little bit more and it's making Kim more willing to talk to her because I do think that part of their issues was Kim probably saw Kyle as having this perfect life or at least acting like she had this perfect life. And it probably like annoyed her when she wasn't being real about it. And I think now that Kyle is getting more real, I think Kim can now relate to her better. I agree with that. I agree. And I also think that the Hiltons, I mean, Kyle or well, Kim Richards opened up a little bit about how Paris and Carter helped her um, in her transition after her house was flooded with her new car and all of the things. We know that Kyle has helped her in the past. Kathy has helped her. I think that she's the sister that's always going to need the help. Um, but I think that there's enough money within the other two sisters that they can offer that help. Yeah. So I think that she'll always be fine. Guys, I'm seeing in the live chat why are you so afraid of Teddy? LOL, Adam is not scared of Teddy. Can I say really quick, Kiki, I have to ask you a question. Yes. If we're going to go on a podcast and mention things Mm -hmm. about certain events on nights and things that happen, wouldn't you just think that like I have opened the door and the invitation. And I even talked to Tamara about this and Tamara thought it was a good idea. Wouldn't you think that like, let's just like, whether it's on a podcast, on your podcast, on my podcast, or just go to lunch or even have a conversation on the phone. It doesn't even have to be a go to lunch. Just to like have a conversation. Wouldn't you think that that would be like the most responsible thing to do? For sure. So then this is not my problem. (laughs) This is not my problem. I'm not afraid of Teddy Mellencamp. I am trying to have the conversation. If she doesn't want to have the conversation, then I'm going to go to Taco Tuesday and I'm going to live out the rest of my whatever the hell I am going through. (laughs) Okay? That is it. Nobody is afraid. 
Taurus Teddy is mean to Adam. He's not. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Guys, let's move on. We're moving on. So now, as we move on, what did you think as far as Dorit Kimsley speaking out and talking about how she wants to homeschool her kids and PK is completely against this because I just want to share something with you guys as our listening audience and like the Adams family, everybody who's always here to support us. Jason and I have conversations about children a lot of the times and Jason really wants kids. I am personally not a kids person. Um, kids don't even like me. Kids love him and they see me and they're like, that motherfucker's the Grinch. Like they know, they know. They see me and they're like, red flag, fuck that guy. And I get it because <laughs> that's the energy I put off. But for Jason, he's like, welcome. Like he's fucking Santa Claus, Kiki. Yeah. Like they love him. Yeah. And so all of the time, I see where people are just like reaching out and when are you going to have babies? When are you going to have this? And I'm like, unless I had someone which I cannot afford to help take care of said child, I am not taking care of said child, which I yeah. cannot afford. So said child is not coming anytime soon. And I feel bad for Jason. I'm like, if, listen, if you leave me tomorrow because you want a kid, I completely understand that's not happening. But if it did, I would get it. What is your stance on that? Do you want kids? I don't want kids. I do oh, love. God, thank like, God. I love being an auntie. Like it's really fun. But yeah, I, I'm 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 definitely not gonna have kids. Um, but I I look. I agree with PK because I think that Dorit is still hiding uh, behind, not hiding behind, but she's traumatized by this home invasion as anyone would be home invasion is probably like one of my top 10 like scariest like uh, the thought of someone coming in why it's so scary and i think she's like now projecting that onto every part of her life including her kids she wants her kids to be there she wants them to be safe and obviously we're in the u.s where school shootings happen all the time you know i think all of these things are going through her head and she just wants protection and she's kind of you know saying it like, oh, but they're thriving and they're doing so well because she doesn't want to say out loud. The real part is that she's scared. Um, so I feel for her. I feel for her so much. And um, and so, but PK is right. He has, to, they, he, he has to push her outside of her comfort zone because it'll be so easy for her to turn into an agoraphobe, which is why like- What I, is I, agoraphobe? I, when you're scared to leave your home. So you and, think that she's afraid based off of what she's been through to let yeah. her kids leave the home? I think so. I but think also, there. can I say too, talking to Jason, Jason always tells me, he's like, my kids would never go to public school because of these things like that have happened. But I'm like, these things can happen in private school. Like people can show up with these weird ideas in their head where they think that they want to take themselves. So they're going to take everyone else. And I hate that. And it just, it, it makes me so afraid, especially from what I'm going through with an animal, exactly. a kid. This is why I don't want kids because exactly that the, the pain I feel for my, my cat, when I like, feel like I'm like, Oh, you're in pain. I want to help you. And like, I like, I can't even imagine that in human form. I yeah. just like, I don't know how people send their kids to daycare and like, just go about their day. I don't know how they do any of it. I'd be no. paralyzed. 
No, I and I feel like too for them, I see what Dorit's saying when she's saying they're in the safety of my home. You know, this yeah. is my home. I've dedicated a room for teaching and homeschool. But then my first job was at Winn Dixie. And I worked there with a girl named Madison. And Madison grew up homeschooled. And she was very socially awkward. Mm -hmm. And she didn't even know how to, like with customers, with me as like an, a fellow employee, nothing. She didn't know how to talk to any of us. And I'm like, how did you get this job? But that was the environment she grew up in because she was so familiar with her family and not familiar with new people. Yeah. Whereas like I went to over 10 different schools and I was just like, okay, this is a new person. Like even when I meet my new Starbucks, like Starbucks person, I'm like, hi, what's your name? Oh, it's Wendy. Hi, Wendy. You know, like I'm just in it. I'm in it to win it. I want my free shit. And I'm like, good to go. Hey, let's bond. But for somebody who is socially inapt, is that the way to put it? Socially mapped, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it, it's a little bit harder to navigate. And I think that that's what PK's concerns are. Yeah, because he's a big... Look at him. He is Mr. Socialization. He loves to be the life of the party. He loves to be, you know... And so he doesn't want his kids to not be like that. And I think he thinks that that's what happened. I mean, look, kids who were in the certain formative years, even just during COVID... Just the the year that they were homeschooled, year and a half that they were homeschooled, that's going to have effects on them just from that one year. So doing it, she wants to go until they're 14, 14, like most people have their first kiss, like right around or right before 14. Like, you, you know, you're not going to get these experiences. And I'm not saying every experience is great. Like I was doing some bad, I was, you know, hood rat stuff. Not hood rat stuff. <laughs> But Where the hell were you? Well, I mean, you know, hood rat, like in like terms Adjacent. of being a, a suburban kid that like, oh, just okay. like, you know, does bad <laughs> things. But, you know, like you hang out with your friends, you know, you, I would, the mall was a big thing. So again, now if she's homeschooling and she has a very active play date life with other people, that could be one thing, but I don't know what that is. Like, are you still, you know, cause you know, I have one friend who does do homeschooling, but she does it with the neighborhood with like six other kids. Yeah. Now, I don't think that that's Mason, because that's just kind of a private school situation. Right. So if it's more like, because if it's just you and your sister, I don't know. I don't know about that. But maybe if they could get a little in there, if they're in a gated community, if they had like six or seven kids, then maybe. Okay. So we're going to pan over for a second. What did you think about Denise Richards meeting up with, Sutton, Crystal Kung Minkoff, and Garcelle. I mean, she had to. She had to redeem herself. You saw her come in with her fresh blowout, full face of makeup. I mean, this was the the most done up. She went to Garcelle's premiere looking like she had just like went shopping at Trader Joe's. Like this was the most done up she had been <laughs> the entire season. <laughs> okay. So when she came in again, I didn't buy her BS excuse. I think that she didn't want to give any credibility to Brandy Glanville. And it was the same thing going back to the Teddy thing. I think that when you don't want to give someone um, any attention, you just learn how to um, word things. Yeah. 
And I think that you learned how to dance around it. And I think that in this moment, she became very good at dancing around it, which by the way, again, I feel like her husband is going to rip her a new asshole over this scene yeah. because he's very, in my mind, controlling. Um, but she came in and she's like, the threesome, that is what I was talking about. And I'm like, no, girl, that is not what you were talking about. Yeah. You're just now not trying to give any more clout attention to Brandy Glanville. Yeah. Which is fine. But that is not what we thought. I mean, I thought it was also really related to Lisa Renna. Because, again, Erica being, you know, close with Lisa Renna, which was obviously in about the Brandy Glanville stuff. I mean, that was what the it was all about. So I just think it was... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all knew what she was talking about, so it was confusing when she came into that <laughs> into that lunch with a whole different excuse. But look, I still love her. Denise is one of the like I just love her. Like even though it's like cuckoo for cocoa puffs sometimes, I, I, I... <laughs> you're just all about it. I, you know, there's certain housewives where I am. I I try not to stand, but like I'm just like ah, you know, she's crazy, but I love her. <laughs> okay. So then we'll keep her around. Okay. I want to. I don't think she'll come back, though. I think she, the fact that she didn't even come to the party last night just made me feel like maybe, you know, she saw the the teaser. You know, they get the the preview before the other, and then she was like, mm-mm, no. So now as we kind of move on, you know, we saw on Watch What Happens Live that Dorit last night shared that she feels like the closer that Kyle gets to Morgan Wade the further that she gets from Dorit. I know that we don't want to speculate, but you and I have had this conversation multiple times. After seeing Morgan Wade make that appearance on the show, were you leaning more towards like, this is more than a friendship? Or were you like, you, we don't even have to label it, but were you leaning more towards like, I mean, can I just say really quick, you posted a thing that said the woman in the hotel, like in her, her lyrics, the woman, I, I went to the Chateau and then she had to get me out. This woman in Beverly Hills because she was famous and I sniffed pills off her body. What the f are we talking about? <laughs> what woman in Beverly Hills? Yeah. Look, I think that we can say undeniably there is an infatuation there. And that could be, you can be infatuated with people, whether it's romantically, sexually, just friendly, like you can be infatuated pe with people. And so yeah. I think there's obviously an infatuation there. You know, it's, it feels very high school because the last time I ever felt like I like, was so obsessed with a friendship was like when I was much younger. Right. And it was like, I needed them to be my best friend. But again, Kyle married super young. I don't think had a lot. And also was like a child actor. I don't think she had a lot of experience in like doing these sorts of like younger relationships. So now that she's experiencing this relationship, she's acting like a high schooler because it's the first time she's kind of been allowed to. So this infatuation is coming off. You know what's weird though? What? Is it's very much because when I watched Salt Lake City the other day and the way Whitney is behaving with Lisa Barlow is the same. The way she's acting like 
you'll be triggered if you know how close me and Lisa are. And I was like, are you to like, I think Whitney's delusional, but it's, it's interesting that these women have these, like, I want to be your best friend, but I think it's just very much like, she's very infatuated with Morgan. She's enjoying just everything about her. And also, you know, the fact that I think, you know, she wants to be a cowgirl. She wants to move to the mountains and these are all things. And obviously Morgan's sober, you know, I think that she's just finding so many things that she just wants to be around this person particularly. And so, yeah, I'm sure it is, you know, making her and Dorit, because anytime you find a new friend, again, this happened much longer ago, you tend to ditch that other friend that you might've been closer with before. Okay, so when Teddy Mellencamp goes on and says, I am so disappointed with the way that the women are treating Kyle Richards when it comes to her relationship and not being better friends, where are you at? Well, I don't know what that means. Like, what does, like, what does she mean by that? I think that she means, like, instead of having these on-camera conversations, maybe have them off-camera if you're a real friend that you would have more discussions off-camera. However, I think that the women are presented with contracts these contracts are with hundreds of thousands of dollars and i think that they know that they have a job to do and that's exactly what they're doing here's the thing because you know as much as we sometimes like get annoyed when there's too much fourth wall broken because we're like can't we just watch the show sometimes that fourth wall is really important so at the variety event um for the 40 most powerful women kyle talked about how she was not she knew that there was things going on that she hadn't told her children yet. Right. And she went into that season and was like, I don't know how I'm going to be my most authentic self when I know that I'm going to be holding back truths. So she literally had to navigate this season, not revealing stuff because she hadn't told her kids yet. And she didn't know where it was while also trying to be authentic, which is like, and so when Sutton was picking at it, I think that's why she was like, you know, it was like getting like, very annoyed you know it's just like i can't do this um so it was it's just difficult for her and i think because teddy probably knew more of it because she was probably letting teddy in because obviously teddy's part of that group chat with her and morgan and the whole workout 5 a.m crew so teddy knew that which is why she's able to have a different perspective than the other women who were like we're just trying to make a show right okay so let me say really quick um Dear Dana, I think Kyle is definitely exploring herself. Thank you. I appreciate the super chat. But my last question for you, Kiki, is Erica meeting up with Mikey at Rocco's. Yes. Okay. She makes the comparison saying, I am a hunter at nature. And we know, girl, you hunted down all of those victims' money, (laughs) all of the shit. You have been a hunter for a long time, Hunter, Riss, Erica, Jane. But she said, I don't go for warthogs. I go for elephants and don't come for me. I don't actually mean that literally. I'm not going for elephants. And guys, I don't mean that she was hunting down victims, money. I was just making the same comparison that she was. Now, my thing that I wanted to say is, or ask you, is her saying that she wanted to do one second. Yeah. Oh my God. You couldn't hear that, right? No. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) With her saying that she wanted to hunt down a residency and 
come up with this sort of situation where it was going to put her in Vegas. And she did sort of manifest it unless it was already in the works. What were your thoughts? I Look, I think it was already in the works. That that, that honestly, that whole scene was so pre-planned to me, I actually zoned out because I was oh, like, okay. I felt like they knew exactly what they were setting up for us and it had already been pre-planned because I think that that guy, like, you know, we had seen the pictures of her and it had already been set up. She knew what she was was going to be headed for and doing. And so honestly, I was just like, okay, that, that was actually the most, I literally zoned out that scene. Yeah. I was okay. more just like, I was more like, I wonder if they ate the wings. The wings at Rocco's are really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess that was my next, my next question is like, I was trying to figure out if that was something that we were into and we believed or we didn't, but guys, I have to say this has been a lot of fun. Um, and especially for you, Kiki, thank you for joining me. I'm going to go ahead and bring up because I know that you were super busy and we are getting ready to head off to London. So while yeah. I'm bringing up your Instagram, I am going to just bring this up really quick. Let me just, everyone, make sure you <laughs> check out, but, or check in. Um, we have over 500 people in the room. I wanted to share this with you guys because I think that it's super important. We are coming to London on, well, technically it's on Sunday, but next Thursday, based off of what this flyer says, December 14th, seven to nine, we're going to all bar one. We are asking you to please RSVP to ASST at upandoutomlive.com. I've received so many messages, people asking how much tickets are and all of those things. That is not what this is. We are not putting on a show. We are just coming to meet you with our friends and our family and our closest loved ones. And we just want to grab a drink, grab some food, and meet people that we wouldn't have necessarily met in the States. It is not something that you have to pay for or buy. It's just something where it gives us um, an opportunity to hang out. But for Kiki, let me just bring this up. That'll really be quick. fun. I wish I was going to London. I know. I know. I wish you were too, because I, I, I know that we're going to have the best time. It's our mom's trip. So yeah. for people who don't know, it's Jason and I taking his mom and my mom for Christmas to London with our best friend. And it's just a Christmas trip. You guys, everyone who's a part of the Adams family knows that my pops passed away back in May. And this was just a way for us to celebrate the holidays in a different way. And my mom's never been out of the United States. So I just thought it would be really cool. Jason performed in Cirque du Soleil at the Royal Albert Hall for the Queen and did all of these things. So it's just going to be so much fun. Not trying to brag on him, but he's my husband. So I feel like I get to do that every once in a while. And with that, you guys also have to follow Kiki. Check her out. Kiki, let us know. Yeah, no, uh, follow me at The Talk of Shame on TikTok and IG. And obviously, um, subscribe to my podcast, uh, Pop Crime, new episode out today. I actually broke down uh, all the Bravo lawsuits. I broke down the Heather Gay lawsuits between Monica. I broke down the Heather Gay lawsuit, the copyright infringement. I broke down the Lenny and Lisa defamation lawsuit. So it's a fun episode I did with Dylan Hafer from Mention It All. Oof. Okay. All right. We're doing the damn thing. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll definitely go... If you're not following, go follow 
at the talk of shame and I'm deaf. Well, I already put it in my, inst or my um, description of this video. We have a lot going on. I'm going to be back tomorrow for hot, messy topics with Ricky Cornish at 1 PM Eastern. I believe so. I have my mother coming in, my sister-in-law coming in. A lot is happening. And then we have to take Theo to his next appointment. All of the well wishes, the loves and the prayers. Thank you so much, guys. It means everything. And it really just keeps us like going. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are going to be doing a giveaway at the end of the month. I have something really, really fun and special for you guys. And we um, hope you guys participate. But otherwise, happy Thursday. I hope you have the best rest of your week. Happy first day of Hanukkah. Oh, happy Hanukkah. Happy first day of Hanukkah. Okay, as someone who is married to someone who had... One Jewish parent and a Mormon parent. Happy Hanukkah. I celebrate Christmas. <laughs> Let's just get into it. But thank you guys. And we will see you next week. Love you guys. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.